different workflow. I don't even know what the workflow is and how they handle stuff in their bank account. Now there's $300 of charges to Riot Games. And that's because um, you know they've, they've really made it easy and manipulative to these kids. Welcome to the Infinite Creative Podcast. My name is Fitz and this is... And I'm Sean, guys. Welcome, welcome. We're like up in the high 50s now of episodes. This is is feeling good. Yeah, like a lot's happening. We had big CEOs on the podcast. We had successful web designers on the podcast besides Sean. And uh, yeah, we, we did a lot of podcasts. I think it's probably 60 now. I think. Yeah, I'm not yeah, sure. This, this may be 60, yeah, when this comes out. But yeah, no, it's feeling great, man. Um, we're doing another one where I'm back in Colorado. You're in St. Pete still. and um, But that's going to be changing a lot, I think, in the next... Um, there'll probably be one or two more of these. And then we're talking probably months of in-person podcasts, probably. So, yeah. So, yeah. I, I think this is actually a good um, talking point. You know, there's a lot of podcasters out there. There's actually... The statistics is like every... Six person has a podcast or it was every second person. I'm not 100% sure, but it's a crazy number. So there's a lot of people with podcasts out there. And we are some of the people who are more successful with a podcast because most people only get like up to three or four episodes and then they're failing, you know. So we have a lot of like, hey, this is how you get like um successful CEOs. We have a lot of like, this is how you have your workflow oriented. And this is what are the benefits of shooting in person? (laughs) Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, you know, so it's yeah, I'm I'm definitely looking forward to the in person. I feel like our conversations are always a little bit smoother in person. Um, Having a guest in person is interesting. Um, I know one of the episodes that's a couple before this one is gonna be interesting, because it'll be like a guest and in person, which I don't think we've actually done too many of those where we've had a guest and we've done it in person together. Yeah, um, talking about Tom, I think, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, yeah. So I think it's 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 great. I think um, it'll be cool to do it in person more. And I think yeah, it's, it's cool to see that we're still doing it and we're getting feedback. We're getting messages and not too much hate mail, not too much. But, you know, there's <laughs> there's some good there's some good in there, too. So, you know, yeah. it's it's good. I think we're growing. Yeah. On that uh, on that note, we should talk about what we're talking about today. We're going to talk about Fortnite. What is the. Uh, something different that we're also talking about the new iphone your boy spent some money and yeah and then we also talk about like um yeah local um networking and what was the other thing sean uh i think we're just really gonna catch up on each other you know just uh i think you have some cool stuff that's been going on in your world and and by the way everybody it's his birthday was the day before this podcast so so happy birthday this will be like weeks after your birthday so happy belated birthday when this comes out (laughs) yeah yeah Um, you look a day over 50 bro you look you look good I think um, we should jump right into the Fortnite thing before we're talking about like my um, flexing with the new iPhone, you know, and why I bought it and why it's the death of the whole industry in my eyes. But yeah, Sean. Yeah, yes. Honor. Oh, yeah, the honor. Um, yeah, so let me see here. So, so yeah, so just share really quickly, you know, Fortnite is a game that um, that I've played. I think you've probably played as well. It's it's you know, it's a game that's it's probably one of the most popular games um, in existence right now in terms of its player base. I think yeah. so, yeah. Yeah, you have young people, old people playing it. A lot of celebrities play it. Um, you know, so, you know, I think the the next thing that I kind of want to talk about with that, though, that recently just happened is they actually just had the biggest lawsuit that has ever happened to a game um, happen to them. Um, so, yeah, so let me quickly share this really quickly. Yeah. So a quick moment here. You played Fortnite, my dude? I have, I have before, yeah. Yeah, so um, so you're pretty successful with that? You're pretty good? Or are you kind of like, eh? Uh, no, no, not really. Yeah. No, no. Um, I think best I ever did was like second in one game ever. And I was pretty gotcha, happy. Gotcha. I was like, let's cut it there. Let's stop it while everyone's good. <laughs> but yeah, they, they were you. just... But they were recently sued. So they were they were sued by for $520 million. Um, and this is really has to do with just the um, this kind of thing that they talk about called dark patterns. And I actually mm. had never... I'd never really had heard this term of dark patterns, um, but yeah. it, it's essentially talking about um, children's privacy payments and then how they they essentially manipulated um, players of the game to to not understand that purchases were actually happening in the game. So, for example, um, you know, you maybe made one purchase for your kid on Fortnite. You bought like a skin, let's say, 
then that you know your kid at was bought all these other things so there's it's a very common story that a lot of parents have where they they look in their bank account and now there's three hundred dollars of charges to riot games and that's because um you know they've they've really made it easy and manipulative to these kids to just oh just buy stuff no no worries there's no warning there's no check-in with your parents there's no nothing it's just like you want it buy it boom it's yours yeah, it's kind of like like daddy's credit card, you know, when when the wife goes out shopping, gets a bunch of new clothes, you know, kids do this now with like um, Fortnite outfits. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. And so so it's really crazy to me. I mean, it's, um, you know, and so so I, I've kind of known about these things in the web design world before um, the kind of idea of dark patterns. And so I kind of wanted to talk about that a little bit. So so you see you see dark patterns a lot. Um, you know, I've kind of told you before before the podcast that, you know, one of the most common thing places you see dark patterns is when you have those opt in for cookies on websites. Um, and a lot of the time those are created. So if you opt in for cookies, it's easy. It goes away. It's perfect. It's not obstructing your screen. But if you click the opt out, a lot of the times you get sent to another screen that has lots of checks, check boxes, a lot of things for you to do. So in most yeah. cases, people are kind of manipulated to just opt in for it. And a lot of the time they're opting in for even more than they even realize that the tracking is actually tracking even your brow other tabs that are open on your browser, your, your location. All those things are kind of hidden in that nitty gritty on purpose. It's kind of small, yeah. small print. On that note, like this kind of gets me back to the terms of service. You know, we all know that just opt in and it's like a 20 page document. On the one side, I, I like terms of services are complicatedly written and they are like on purpose, you know, and that's for me like a big dark pattern that people are using. Like, yeah, you agree to the terms of service, but nobody really read it. Um, having this on the other hand, it feels like it's not as bad as like terms of services in a way, you know, because it's mm -hmm. less to read. It's not a 20 page thing, but it still feels like violating, you know, in a way where yeah. it's like, oh, and one thing, and one thing I just brought up on the screen too. It's, and I think we've all seen this on Instagram, where Instagram is like asking you now, you know, will you allow us to use this app for website um, activity? And and what they do is they use these kind of words in it to give you a better experience, to 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 give you more personalized experience. They use these words, and so um, the state of of California has actually already started to crack down on these websites. Um, where it's like, well, you can't have this kind of manipulative tactics. You can't somehow fool people into giving their data by saying. It's personalizing the experience. It's doing all these other things. You actually have to show how is this personalizing the experience? Because a lot of times these these big companies, they're not really giving you anything for your data. They're still just manipulating you out of your data and your activity. Yeah, on that note, like um, California is like really, let's say good with like protecting the small person. But if I own a company, I can obviously see like, yeah, nobody really wants to give the data, but I need to get the data to make some money. So I'm like, I'm, I like to be devil's advocate. You know, if you're like an entrepreneur, you kind of don't want to have like lawsuits like this. But I feel if you're like running a company, um, you should be honest about that and you should just phrase it better. But that could be misleading. Leading, you know, like when you say, like, I want to serve you uh, personalized ads, what is a good thing so you can make more money. But p obviously, I have to track your information so that I can give you ads that you really care about. And it's a win win for everybody where California is like, no, don't do that. You got to be strict and clear and be like you selling that data, you know. So it's like, ah, what is the fine line there? Yeah, yeah. And, you know, and a lot of it, too, you know, I think we're talking a lot about language and kind of and, and that and how that's manipulative. But there's even other manipulative things on a visual design level. Like, have you ever had a pop up where the X to close the pop up was tiny and then you, you try to click the X and then it actually opens up the other website? That's an, <laughs> that's another dark pattern. Um, yeah. You know, so or if you have um, kind of pop up over pop up over pop up and before you know it um, and it's kind of creating you're accidentally clicking a lot of different things. What's really funny is there's actually websites and companies out there that are literally called really funny names like accidentalclick.com or oops, you click <laughs> like I'm not even joking. Like there's whole marketing oops, firms that, that that's that's their whole angle is like, oops, we got them. I got them to click. <laughs> that's what they're selling, which blows my mind. Like, how are you getting a sale from all these accidental oh. clicks? But you must like it must be paying money. 
money somewhere. Yeah, I mean, like, this is kind of like affiliate marketing in a way, you know, like you get them to click a link, you know, and then they're like, oh, I might buy that, you know. They might not even have read, like, what you have to disclose, like, hey, this is an affiliate link, and if you click on this, I make a small commission at no cost to you, which is mm -hmm. not a bad thing. But obviously, Amazon or whatever site you use um, benefits from that, you know, and some people are, like, really anti-Amazon, and they don't want to support that, and then they accidentally clicked, you know. Well, especially especially in this world of gateways, you're you're in this world, right? Where if you yeah. if I click a link of yours, you get money. So if you think about that, there's a whole business there, right? Of like if I can somehow put some tracking some pay per click on something, and then they're just everyone's accidentally clicking it on this web page, and you're still getting your money as a marketer. You still got that nice balance yeah. from everyone accidentally clicking it. So. Yeah, so that that goes back like me being the devil's advocate because I see both sides, you know. I'm mm -hmm. still the person who's basically get sold out by the big companies like Facebook, Instagram, serving me like all the ads for the newest camera, the newest yeah. iPhone, you know, and, and like they want my money, you know, and it's very effective mm -hmm. if they have the right content for you that makes you click. On the other hand, I'm like, I want to save my money, you know, so it's like a little bit of both. And I want to make the money on the other hand. So please click the links down below. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, exactly. Well, and this happens all the time, right? So you have, you know, you have a store that will sell you, you know, let's say you go to a, a, a Foot Locker and you buy some like Air Jordans or something. And, you know, they're, they're, you, those maybe aren't worth the money that you're paying, but, the, you know, it's, it's, it's all above board. But then there's the guy on the side of the street that's like, hey, here's some Air Jordans. I'll give you a deal on them. And then they're not Air Jordans at all. So I think that's how I kind of think of it is there is manipulation happening in both places, but one's like above board and one's definitely below board. And yeah. Then, it's just crazy how these big companies, your Fortnites, um, even like, you know, I play lots of games where there's that kind of pay premium type of thing, freemium stuff. And, and it's really interesting how that freemium could really get to a weird place when you talk about kids, right? I mean, have you yeah. ever done any projects with children? I mean, there's a lot of things to think about. So, when you... so on that note, like it is theoretically illegal as a kid to buy something, you know, like if you're a vendor, like at least in Germany it is, and I know here it is too. Yeah. So I'm kind of confused how a kid can even make a purchase with somebody else's credit card because like this is an invalid um, purchase you know like you didn't own the credit card it is connected to a credit card they, mm -hmm. even if you sign the paper and and terms mm -hmm. of service it does not matter theoretically they the parents could just charge back the money theoretically you know so i'm like kind of confused how somebody else can use your own credit card you know credit cards are insured so on that note that's you know bad on fortnite in my eyes well, yeah, I think, I think, you know, and I think, and if we were to look more, I think, you know, start an account today on Fortnite and what's the first thing that's probably going to pop up? What's the first email? It'll be like, hey, get your starter thing, you know, 20 bucks will give you this much, get three of the free skins. The I mean, it's probably, or it's probably, yeah, it's probably a huge, great deal for any new person. So, you know, the kid's like, hey, dad, hey, I need to get up to where my friends are. Can you go ahead and like pay this money for this? And he's like, all right, fine, 30 bucks, puts that in. Now is, now his card information's in there. And even even when he signed out and clicked all the buttons quickly, yet again, more small print, it probably is like, yeah, we're saving this information. It's going to stay in the service unless you go through all of the different menus yet again. You probably have to go through five different menus to, to tell them to take out your credit card information. Yeah. But, um, but it's so easy to get it in there. And then, yeah, once it's in there, the kid, it's just in the game. So the kid can just do it, um, can just make purchases. So, you know, these dark patterns are interesting because they do exist out there. And when you see them, you see them in social media. You see them. It's not just these small companies. I think it's like the biggest one is Amazon right now with the one-click purchase. Mm -hmm. you, you remember that one? I think yeah. it's now a two-click thing. You know, like put in a cart now, buy now. But there's one-click mm -hmm. things, and it can be really scary. You know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Can you imagine misclicking, right? You're you're researching, you know, uh, sheds that go in the backyard, like $2,000 sheds, and you just accidentally click the button, and you don't even know it. Maybe you didn't even, even see the message, and then a week later, a shed arrives, and you're yeah. like, oh, what did I do? Yeah, on that note, like, yesterday, I kind of did something like that, you know, and I was very happy that Apple is not doing that, you know, when you... Um, I was trying to figure out, I'm buying the new iPhone, you know, they got me, and I'm like... For reasons, I had a client basically telling me like, hey, the HDR of the iPhone is better than like a um, professional camera. And he's right. Professional cameras don't really have HDR video. They have photo, but no video. What is 
baffling if you are like in the mm-hmm. camera industry. Like how can a professional camera does not shoot HDR video and you have to do it in post and then it's not even as clean as like if you would do it on an iPhone. Obviously, there's some minor differences, but immediately better off the iPhone than the professional camera. And mm-hmm. people will fight me on this probably now, but been there, done that. I own a lot of cameras. Sean can attest. Um, but yeah, yeah, yeah. You're not even like a big Apple fan. I do want to jump that in. Everyone out there, be like, oh, you're just an Apple fan. Like, actually, oh, I'd say was stuff. was definitely not. I mean, he I still he, hate them. <laughs> still hates them. So he's like getting in bed with so many hates here. But but just so everyone knows out there, he's not. He's I, I'm more yeah. in the in the Apple camp camp than him. Yeah, but still going back to like that. How do you call it? The black. Uh, dark patterns. Dark patterns. So back to the dark patterns. I basically was trying to buy the new iPhone. Came out. It sold out. So I thought like, okay, let's buy the biggest storage. Sold out. And I'm like, okay, let's get an ugly color. Sold out. And how I had to figure that out is like put it in the cart, check yeah. out, click for delivery. And it did not deliver because it sold out or like store delivery. And basically, mm-hmm. I always select yeah. store delivery. If they would have d- done a dark pattern, I would have bought right now seven iPhones because I got, went through all the models trying to figure out if this is available through checking out the whole deal, but it went not completely through. What is like really good on Apple, because theoretically, I agreed to buy mm-hmm. it when I put it in the cart and said check out, you know? Mm-hmm. But basically, the delivery option wasn't there and didn't let me put in the cart information. What is really good on their side where they are looking out like, oh yeah, they might just look for this, you know? And if they would do dark patterns, you click buy, I bought it, you know? They could do that, mm-hmm. you know? And charge the account that they had on file because they have my credit card from the phone on file mm-hmm. and they could just like let's run it up you bought seven iphones you didn't really um select the delivery but <laughs> let's charge him like twenty thousand or whatever yeah 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 and i i've seen a lot of checkout pro- processes that are like that too there was one the other day i forgot what it was but like it it required me to have an account to get to the prices of the thing you had me mm-hmm. do all of these things select all of these things and it's like nope we're not showing you a price till you make an account and i was like I was so turned off because I was like, okay, so I'm essentially agreeing to marketing before you'll even give me a price. So even if you give me the price and I leave the website immediately, you already got me to a degree. So I that kind of stuff, it's like so manipulative. And you're right. I think Apple does a great job of, of, of at least like letting you see what the process is going to be, how much it'll cost, and then being like, let's talk about payment. But you're right. Some sites, they're payment first, and then we'll talk about how it gets to you. Yeah, so... On that note, like, obviously, why would I even buy the new iPhone? Because, like, we had, like, to talk about, like, it got released. We did not really want to talk about it because it's, like, one of those hype things, you know? And Mm -hmm. it is not really, like, kind of ethical to just, like, you know, oh, a new thing came out. I don't even know if it's good and will be the best, you know? And then you just convince people of buying something just because of you promoting it indirectly through, like, talking about it. But I personally, mm-hmm. I put my money where my mouth is. I sold one of my cameras to buy um, iPhone 15, basically, because it has now this new function with the Blackmagic Cam app that you can record directly to a USB stick. And this is an absolute game changer because, like, if you have a professional workflow and let's say you want to shoot like four or five hours for a wedding or maybe nine hours, that's a lot of footage. And currently, the cloud workspace is not really efficient we all know that our cloud storage is full and it's really hard to get it off the cloud but with that new app from the black magic cam you actually can save directly to the sd card and you just pop in a new sd card into your phone and you record directly to an sd card what is bonkers that's crazy. So, so, so for everyone out there, if you're going to get this, it's Black Magic app. Is it a free app or? Is it is a free awesome? app. Like Black Magic mm-hmm. is known for color grading and video editing. So they came up with an editor mm-hmm. also for free, and you can have the paid version. Paid version has more features. Block the but the Black Magic Cam app, absolute game changer because they give you like a lot of um, features that you usually don't have on the regular iPhone app and alone for that it's worth it to buy it because I feel like there's now less of a reason to shoot with a rigged out camera like that where it's like oh I have a monitor I have like a lens I got all the the, the shenanigans on it and the iPhone has more HDR features and Mm -hmm. video features and I just have to plug in a USB um, card reader and it can record to an SD card you know 
Yeah, that's really cool. I mean, because um, obviously I've, I've seen people use phones, but they have long wires, right? Now you're talking about 100 wires going from all your phones into like a computer somewhere. And so that's really cool, an SD card. And then you're just pulling SD cards out of your out of your phone. Yeah. Um, in terms of megapixels and stuff, I mean, I haven't looked. Is this like, is that even important anymore? Like what what is the things to even so, look so, at when you're looking yeah, at Yeah, let me things? actually share the screen. Like if I have my tab window open here, let's share this one. So we got here the iPhone 15 actually they are eight years behind in time because the they are the big change is like oh we got USB C you know it's eight year old technology not a big game changer but what they have is like the algorithm and like the AI for photo and video taking where professional cameras right now do not have that they're kind of like way behind on like that um, post processing on the camera you know where that is like since smartphone like since the iPhone 11, it was like comparable to a professional camera, but basically it's a new chip that is way faster than like what you get on a regular Sony camera, you know? Mm -hmm. So you, the capabilities in post-processing is like a game changer. You know it, you have like a studio version mm -hmm. and with AI, it is like really resource intensive. But yeah, so in megapixels, I think it's like 24 megapixels and that is like not that crazy or even 48 if you shoot raw you know but is mm -hmm. you will not see that on a screen you will not see um even on a um if you do a billboard a 12 megapixel camera will be fine on a billboard you know and then built in multiple lenses you know that is a where you have to buy separate mm -hmm. separate lenses you know to get the right. same effect with no post-processing no hdr so on that note, I'm kind of really pushing now on the Apple or Android post-processing because like they have so many features as, for example, LiDAR. A regular professional camera does not have LiDAR, so it has no depth information. It only has like the, the focus. And if it's out of focus, it's blurry. But it's, it's just mm. that fixed thing. On an iPhone or an Android, you can't change that in post. It basically has a depth map of the photo, which is really powerful if you want to do like, let's say you took a photo and then one person is out of focus, let's change it so everybody's in focus. You can't do that on like a professional camera. And it's just like things like that. And you can do like 3D imagery on an iPhone, what you can't do on a professional camera, unless you have a PC and a separate app. and. There's like so many things that makes me say like there's no no way that professional cameras are competing on this level anymore. Yeah. Uh, well, what's interesting to me, and you may not have the answer to this yet until you get to play with it more, but, you know, so I've, I've been looking at rental gear on this side to take photos of art on this side. And one thing I've kind yeah. of run into is uh, polarization filters and things like that. Oh. So I must wonder, does this type of thing, do you think it would handle polarization, things like that, doing those types of filters? Easy. So there's like, um, if you go onto Amazon and there's like, you can, you know, this is like, it's called like, let me actually share the, the screen again here. This is a rigged out camera. You know, you put a polarized filler in front of it. You, you know, you have here the sun protection against it. Then you have like a monitor that you can see what's going on bigger than on the small screen. So you know it is in focus, but you can rig out the iPhone, you know, and rigging out a camera is usually only a way to charge the client more money. I know it sounds crazy, but it does not give you like um, triple or four times better results just because you rigged out your camera. It's like marginal, marginal improvements, for example, you know, but the base edition of the camera is usually nearly as good as a rigged out version where it's like, yeah, this is a bigger camera, so it's easier to charge more money. Same thing on an iPhone. If you buy a cage for your iPhone with anamorphic lenses, you can put lenses on your iPhone now and you can have like these squeeze and there's so many features now that you can add to your iPhone that it becomes like the same volume of camera rig just with an iPhone. And people are willing to charge like top dollars for it because currently there's an industry um, popping up in the wedding industry, for example, video content creators for weddings. And it's only iPhone footage instantly posted versus like two months later, you get a highlight reel. Yeah, yeah. Well, exactly. The the now, right? We all want it now. We don't want to wait for the video editor to get us something two weeks after the wedding. We want it now. We want tonight while we party. We want this cool stuff. So so that makes 100% sense. So, so I have another question you may not have an answer for. There's a new iPhone. So that means everyone's getting rid of their old iPhone. So like, 
as a, as a person that would want multiple cameras, is there is there any reason to maybe get the iPhone 14, 13, any of these other mm. models that are old? And like, where would I go? I mean, is it better to get from Apple? Like, where would you go to like look? So I personally, I think like right now, like um, people are selling obviously the old stuff to get the new one. Like if you sell like your stuff with the trade-in option, it's usually the worst option that you can do. Like you get like a hundred or two hundred dollars for your phone, but if you sell it on the streets, you know, you get like double the money. It's just like, hey, got you an iPhone, you want to buy it? <laughs> because it's, it's true. Like- I, I never thought of that. You're right? Yeah, because Apple gives you two hundred dollars, but then you go on at like eBay or something, and the same phones go for six hundred, seven hundred dollars. You're you're hundred percent right. Yeah, and I, I think like with the, for example, the Black Magic app, I tested it, and I can record already. Even though I don't have like um, a USB C adapter, I can record to the SD card, and I'm like, I mm-hmm. theoretically don't need to upgrade. But I want to have like the better camera for the HDR videos, you know, for like the real estate aspect. And I'm in like many forums where real estate agents already are telling like, yeah, don't hire a guy. Just do it yourself on an iPhone. Buy a gimbal. It's pretty easy, you know. And now we're in this world where everybody is a content creator. But editing is still a skill that you have to master. So there's still the the spot for me where Mm -hmm. I have to edit and do the post-processing because it's like... I have more experience than a person trying to shoot themselves and make an hour video. But yeah. Well, hundred percent. I, well, I like it because, um, you know, I just have this cool, weird, romantic idea that you somehow get like 20 of these phones for cheap somehow. And then you hand them out to the audience. You're just like, Hey, here's a phone. Here's a phone. Just hold it up during the thing and like kind of give people, make the people at the wedding or the event, make them the photographers. And then, then you have 20 cameras all over the event, you know? So cool. Yeah, no, I, I love that. And I think I, I saw like a comment about that and people are doing it. I don't I don't know, like, you know, if people really commit to that, like actually like, oh, yeah, the wedding was great and all. I took some videos. Will I actually send out all the footage and who is going to look through all that footage, you know, because now you get like 20 iPhone videos, you know, you get every angle and it might be not the most pleasing way because granny yeah. is just like. <laughs> yeah well maybe ai i don't know like i guess i'm talking a little bit more future but like yeah it'd be cool if like it automatically is being uploaded somewhere and then you just have ai crawl it and it's just because ai right now can already see like what's an impactful moment right like it does it for us yeah. when we do a youtube episode it's like here here's a frame we think is good so maybe it does the same thing i don't know yeah definitely definitely in the six six months or one year we will have that i think mm-hmm. like everything is evolving so fast i don't even you cannot even keep up now like this every year new camera every half year different company comes out with a new camera then video cameras tools at this moment it's just mm-hmm. like you got to stay nimble as much as you can and just try to adapt and not die yeah yeah i mean so at, you have to be so agile um i know i am with my own workflow so yeah so we can kind of get into our own news i mean like i can't yeah. really get it too much in the details but i've you know this last week has been very interesting i, I do want to be very transparent for people watching because i feel like we have been throughout this show like when we've hit hard times we haven't really tried to hide it because i don't really want to hide it from our viewers i feel like people do need to see both sides but you know the last month for me has been pretty hard like i you know i had a i had a slow july that like, went into a, like a, a little bit better august and now it's been kind of a little bit of a slow september yeah you know i'm kind of feeling the effects of like clearing the plate of a lot of dragging clients and so now it's nice to have the space right it's nice to open up the email in the morning and only have one or two emails rather than you know 20 or 30 so that that's great <laughs> i love that feeling that's so well cool. there's the ptsd of emails and there's the ptsd you have no emails but then you open up yeah you open up the bank accounts you open up the invoicing <laughs> app and you're like uh now that's turning into anxiety now i'm getting anxious <laughs> but um but you know in the last week or two um just connections made through a couple different grapevines um some there there's one here and now there's potential for some for some work coming in but it's really funny so i i had a meeting the other day where it was with an agency and i haven't you know and i've worked with agencies but it's been a little bit it's i was thinking about it. it's been like two two years since i've really worked with an agency and so it was weird because in that conversation i'd like I, you know and I, I was nervous but but i was like you know what i know web design i know graphic design i know these things but even in the conversation they kind of dove in really quickly it was like it was one of those like you know some some experiences people have like okay we're going to kind of ease you in where this one was like we need all hands on deck and we're going to throw you into a complex problem that's not very sexy and it's just (sighs) going to be intense and and i and it was interesting i had one of those moments i haven't had in a while where i was just like kind of being like taking notes like yeah okay yeah we're gonna yeah we're gonna ask ai about that later and i think i know that i need to check this and 
is, yeah. is interesting. I mean, like, with that being said, like, being nimble is, like, one of the things. Like, I, I think, like, this is my biggest skill. You know, I can mm-hmm. jump into a situation and I will figure it out. I'm very confident of about, like, you know, we went to the Renaissance Fair. No idea about the booth, about the setup, whatever I need. But, hey, we right. have four days. Let's come up with a concept. Let's come up with, like, all the... Um, <laughs> insurances all the stuff that i need to have let's get get all the stuff for a booth and what do we even do you know like i'm really good on the fly and learning all the steps on the way and making it happen but it's Mm -hmm. like a lot of mental stress and if you're not used to that it can be very painful like oh new project completely different tools completely different workflow i don't even know what the workflow is and how they handle stuff you know you just got to be nimble and trust or Trust yourself because, like, we're smart people usually. Like, we as a human, you know, usually <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we can't figure out anything else too because they figured it out. It's like they're mm-hmm. only cooking with water, and we do too. Well, yeah. So, I mean, <laughs> they're only cooking with water. I love your, I love your <laughs> sayings, by the way. <laughs> we all just cook with water, people. We all just use water to cook. Um, yeah. But you know, I uh, yeah. But you know, in in the same. Vain though, um, I want to say something else happened in the meeting where there was a couple things they said that I didn't get and I didn't know. And and I did something that's really big. And I'd say any young creative out there to not be afraid to do this, but tell him, you know what? I don't actually know that thing. And you may actually want to have another developer just overlook us on this project because that's more backend code. I'm, I'm really not familiar. Now, now, obviously, yeah, could I could I do a, a really insane sprint in the next day or two and just like, yeah, OK, yeah, I'm going to master this. But I just know that some things are hard to master. It'd be like me telling telling you like, hey, I could I could do videography just as good as you fit. I'm just going to do a lot of research in three days and I'll be just as good as you. It's like, well, no, you're not. There's no way you're going to get to that next level that quickly. Like you can get to yeah. a basic level, but never an advanced level super quickly yeah on that note like there's like different strategies i like yours with like being honest and upfront so they can judge like what they will get out of that you know mm-hmm. and then there's the other one is like i just tried to make it happen and i hope i survive you know and get the payment <laughs> you know what is like the little the, the the dark side you know the bad pattern like you shoot a gig that you never shot you know for example you mm-hmm. never did a quinceanera for example you know and it's your first quinceanera but because you did something similar you know you can do it you know but you're maybe not familiar with the schedule and i think like with that type of stuff if you have enough headway and you can prepare for an event that you mm-hmm. have not ever done you have good chances of like preparing for this thing and you don't really have to say it if it's at least in your re- niche and realm you know but if it's something completely different i 100 percent agree with your strategy you know but i think like you for example you could say like oh yeah i will figure it out you know and if you do a lot of research in two three days you would probably figure something out how to probably do it because it's in your nature you know Right, right. Yeah. And, you know, and I think I even said that later in the conversation. I was like, and, you know, and just so you know, like, obviously, I can always learn things and I can always grow into new things and processes. So, so, so when I say these things, yeah. So I made sure to clarify, like, yeah, and don't, don't worry. Like, I will, there'll be, I'm always open to learning new things and technologies. But, but yeah, it's, it's important to like, cause we've always talked about the niche, right? How like, yeah. and it's very important at the beginning of a client meeting. We never think of that first meeting. We never think about it, but it's really important you to carve your niche now. If you're like, I can do everything, you're not really setting your pieces to be a master of anything and then i feel like later down the road then it all erodes because they're like what are you a master of you 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 said you could do all these things but like you know so that's how i tried to do is like you know what i'm not good at these but these things if you get me on these things i'm a master of these things yeah that reminds me of like i'm a resume style back in the day you know like um i don't know if you remember final fantasy like for all the people out there you had like those characters like you 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 make a graph like i'm good at web design i'm good at seo i'm good at coding i'm good at you know and you basically make the graph about this where your strengths are so that they see where's like your time spent you know and your skill level it's not like that you're everything 10 out of 10 it's like oh yeah you're three out of 10 and this a five out of 10 out of that you know and i I really like that old style of resume in at least in the creative world where you kind of highlight all the skills and how proficient you were at certain things you know because that gives you a better idea like oh yeah this person is really good with like just setting up and doing like this and that mm-hmm. but that kind of fall out of style if you remember that time where you had this weird you know graph of like you're as good in this and this versus that you know 
Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, kind of having, I know what you're talking about, like that kind of polygon model of like, oh, you're really good yeah. at this, but you're really bad at this. And well, and I think that that still exists. Like we all, we all have things that we're bad at and we're good at. And I think we live in a time where a lot of people feel like they can fake it. I talked, I've talked to a few people even in the last couple of weeks that have essentially told me like, I can fake it. I can, I could definitely, I can do what anyone else does because I know chat GPT. I know Google. I know all these things. So I can, I can learn real quickly. I can be like Neo in the matrix and just go like, okay, got it. I can fly a helicopter now. It's like, <laughs> you know, and, and it's, and it's like, so for example, so one thing I've started to do, that's a really dry, boring thing. And I don't even know if it's worth it, but I started to do skill assessment tests on LinkedIn. Um, <sighs> Because I've heard from people that when people are hiring, it does put you up uh, like on the top of the list and they're kind of fear inducing. It's like a minute and a half to, to like to do a question. You're like, you can't really Google that quickly or chat GPT that quickly. And you're like, oh, crap, what is it? Um, if you're good, which, by you the way, can. I passed all of them. I passed all of them. <laughs> top five percentile also, just so you guys know, in all of Adobe. But anyway. Yeah. I, I mean, like that is like a skill. Like you said, the, uh, the Neo, you know, I learned how to fly a helicopter. Somebody makes a really good explanation, you know, from A to B. And you can watch a YouTube video. You can do like with a five minute delay. If you're really good and practice the skill, you can operate anything right now. It's like I learned that when... Far Cry 1 came out and there was level level designer. And that was like, I think like 10 years ago, you know, I never mm -hmm. made a game, you know, but they were like tutorials step by step. This is how you spawn an enemy. This is how you make an island. You know, you watch mm -hmm. the video and after like just two hours, oh yeah, I made a base and I made my own island with a base with enemies on there and I can walk around, do basic mm -hmm. stuff. But it's like, you can learn pretty fast nowadays. And I think this is a skill where you're like, be nimble mentally you know and it's just like i obviously don't know 20 pieces of the menu but i know how to get x y and z done you know but mm -hmm. if they want specific things and if, if there's no tutorial out there you kind of screwed you know yeah yeah a hundred percent you know and i you know and i think yet again it's it's all about like time management really when it comes down to it so it's so like in this meeting there was about five different things they brought up Two of them I've done once, and then the other three I've done maybe three or four times. So, so for me it was like let's prioritize the two things you've only ever done once, right? Um, you know, I won't say exactly what those are. They're kind of boring, very like web designy stuff. But yeah, you know, it's but it was like focus on those. Yeah, can we like spend a lot of time doing five different things? But no, let's really put it all in these two. Put a lot of your time because that's what the, that's what the core of the problem is. So, so I feel like that's half of it too. Is we got to get better at learning. I think if, if you're watching this podcast and you're like, how do I get my stuff better? How do I get better quickly? I know I have Google, I have chat GPT. I don't get it. Why am I not getting better? It's like, well, you just have to get better at learning and condensing information. Use things like notion to like take notes and organize, you know, use things to kind of compartmentalize all this. Yeah. So, so I'm kind of like on the opposite there because like I have like, I have two people who are always bugging me for answers and questions. You know, I'm just like so annoyed in a way, you know, they're like, Hey, uh, how do I put an SD card in my drone? You cannot make that stuff up. You know, it's basically that type of level of questions, you know, some things I don't think, and I'm just do, you know, and if I have really a question, I learn to just like Google without thinking, you know, and just see if somebody else already had the problem. If I have the problem, Somebody already made uh, things and I can't figure out anything right now really with just like two, three minutes. If I would learn the process and the software, I, yeah, I, I don't know. Like learning makes a lot of sense if you have a problem a lot, you know, so then it makes a lot of sense to like actually spend time on Photoshop playing around, you know, but if it's mm -hmm. a simple issue, the first thought by me is like immediately Google and figure out how to find the problem and the right term for that and become a good Googler and then just like solve the problem that way. And if I have it reoccurring, I probably learn it. So this is a different workflow in a way. Yeah, well, and I, and I kind of had that workflow too. Like I would be lying to you if I learned web design by like literally getting a book for it and then another book for it. You know, I, I definitely, you know, at the beginning I did, but like for me, it's the exact same thing. It's like, I have to hit this exact nail. So I need to get this exact hammer and I don't need to know all the other tools. I just need to know this one hammer for this one nail that I need to hit. Yeah. And, you know, I, 
I kind of want to change that. So in this last week or two, and I may I may take this all back once I get overly busy with client work again. But, you know, I've started putting like a few hours um, a week of like development time is what I call it, where I'm just like, let's just learn stuff. Because there's a couple of my friends, one of them I definitely want to have on um, here soon where, you know, he's just been learning development, but he's gotten really good at learning now because he's done it consistently every day. He's trying to learn stuff. So now he's like, moving so fast and learning things he's moving faster than you and i would because we're only spending this much time learning and this much time doing yeah and so so we're not that great at learning because we're not always flexing that muscle so we're always just like yeah google it really quickly i think i got the answer put it in but yeah. we're not really learning the why we're not really learning the other options we're just learning that exact thing so that is actually like a good point where i'm like if you're like stuck out there and you're in your workflow, you know, and let's say you mastered or you learned the software and you don't Google. So that is like an experience that I had. I'm like very proficient with Premiere Pro and I, I can't do anything on it, you know, but you do it your way and you learned it a certain way, you know, and but there's always a way to do it faster. And only for Googling, you learn like maybe how somebody else do it faster. So I cut like my editing time for a reel from like, let's say if you do like the whole like subtitling by yourself from like one hour and 30 minutes into like, oh, there's now somebody how to set up a preset. So that's automated, you know, and it cuts half an hour away, you know, and then you learn like, oh, there's a new tool coming out because somebody made a video. So I feel like, yeah, learning something, but still Googling, even though you know it can be powerful. And that is learning by itself, too. Oh, you, oh yeah. Yeah, because oh. you learn like new new ways of doing something, even though you know it, and that prevents mm -hmm. you of Googling. So you kind of have to be aware of both, you know, learning, Googling, learning, Googling. Yeah, I mean, it's it's this is going to sound cheesy, but even even now, I, it's started to become apparent to me recently that like you can never stop learning. Like once you once you're out there thinking like I got this, you even said like I've mastered Premiere. There's probably a few things on Premiere you actually have no idea exactly. about. So so it's like you know so so for in my painting, for example, I've um I've ran into a problem where when I use these bright fluorescent colors, they're amazing. Like I'm talking bright, pops off. You can see it across a football stadium, bright. However, the problem is is I have to do like eight different to make it so you don't see the canvas under it. So when I'm doing a, th a, a three foot by four foot thing, which I'm going to be doing really soon, that's that would kill me. That's gonna, There's no way to get it done. So, so I'm like, dang, I'm sitting here and I'm like, well, there's got to be a way. So I look it up and I'm like, of course, medium. I can get I can get these type of medium, this kind of gloss kind of stuff that I can put in. I can mix with the paint, makes it thicker. And then boom, I only have to do one coat. But like, how long have I been painting these paintings? I mean, we're talking almost a decade yeah. now. And I'm just now getting to this thought. And it's like, it's because I had to poke and prod it. I had to be like, Sean, you're doing great. But there's one part of this that like could be better and we have to get this better. Yeah. And and then it was like I easily found out like, OK, for 20 more dollars, you could save 10 hours of time each painting. So it's and like it, it's those little things, you know, because like we think we know and we do know, you know, we're not wrong mm -hmm. with like um, actually knowing it. But it's like, um, yeah. OK, I have a call from uh -oh. my wife. I don't know if it's an emergency. Sorry. Okay. <sighs> Me, babe? Me, babe? I'm on a podcast. What's going on? You're a what? Podcast. What's going Sorry, on? Bye. bye. Love you. <laughs> okay, I was worried. I will cut that out. Anyhow. Lord, I, I marked it. So anyway. Yeah. So, yeah. So, I mean, to, to kind of bring this all kind of full circle, it's it's interesting the kind of learning aspect of stuff, right? That we're, that we're like, we have to keep learning. Like, you have to keep... I Like, I love that you, like... When I first met you, you were like Apple. Oh, you were like grossed out by Apple. I still like, am, and you probably <laughs> still are. But but now you've like gotten in with the with the enemy in a way, which I kind of like that because it's like you 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 put your ego aside. You're like, you know what? This is my ego, but like maybe I need to put that aside because maybe the phone is better. Like because I because yeah. I get that right. You you spend all this money on rigs. You spend all this money having this Cameras. romantic idea. You have all these lenses, and it's beautiful, and it oh, it's abusable and. But now you're like, you know what? Let's let's get rid of that stuff that's not working, and there's a cheaper, better way. And so that's yeah. that's cool. That's that's awesome. I, I mean, like we talked about that. I think it was like the what is like the perfect learn uh, workflow. It's like you know, research, development, marketing, doing the work, and how often do you do research? How often do you do learn something new? And there's always like a pattern, you know. Like I really like being as flexible as possible, even though like I'm not I'm not I'm not a good studier, so I'm like, 
when I study, it's not really efficient. I just like doing, and then I learn by doing. And the more often I do the same task, oh, it's no natural to me. But mm -hmm. I mean, like the Googling and just doing the thing and then actually learning the thing, if it's actually worth it, and you're like, whoa, this is a cool tool. And mm -hmm. then actually just using the tool because you learned it and then still able to Google, I think is like a, a powerful move because like there's so many hacks that we don't know, you know? Yeah, yeah. Well, I, I do love like the jumping into it. it. We even we even said in one of the meetings I recently had, this one wasn't as scary as the one I'm talking about. But yet again, an agency, they were talking about scary stuff where they were like, sorry, if this is too much too soon. I'm so, they kind of kept saying that. Sorry that we're kind of just diving into this. And I was like, no, no, because you kind of have to. Right. Like yeah. we could tip we could tiptoe around it. But really just throw me in the mud. Like I got to I got to know. Like I I that was the biggest step for me when I started to make projects, especially web designs was like, I want to know the biggest problem first i want i want like when we're doing that kickoff meeting i'm actually like a shark looking for the biggest problem that's going to be something that could really mess up this project later and once i find it i'm like that's the first thing we're, we're focusing on like because as a designer i'm not scared i've had ten, oh, like i've had 15 years of design experience total where like you know I, colors don't scare me fonts and typography don't scare me page layout doesn't scare me so what's going to scare me is some of the nitty gritty stuff that I didn't get a degree in that I, I I'm doing exactly what you're doing. I'm Googling, I'm getting in there. So I do feasibility studies. I've talked about that before and I've even talked it in these kind of current, um, kind of these current opportunities I have. I've told them like, you know what, if you ever have a project that you're not sure I can do, just give me a week head time and I'll do a quick feasibility study. And usually yeah. people love, love hearing that. And I tell them like, and I know you want to pay me for my time, but I'll do this. I'm going to keep it under an hour. It's going to be a quick feasibility study because it is, it's like, I literally, Really will set a timer and be like let's go put on some like techno music that's going intense <laughs> and i'm just like let us go like we are going into like and it's yeah. that flow state i've talked about that flow state but it's getting that flow state on that topic and just going at it just yeah. bashing your head against it because like if you really people should do that actually more often you know like if you sell your skills you know and it's like okay let's write a pdf of everything i know and if i would make a course how much can i condense my knowledge you know because like if you break it down there is not much to a thing besides like you know really high key value knowledge that could be one or two sentences that makes all the difference you know like this is how i expose you an image or you know that are the three things that matter you know that's like three sentences and then you know the more you can condense your knowledge and you actually combine it you could teach somebody else really fast, you know, the same work that you can do in a way. Obviously, there's like tiny bits that you maybe not include in that. And that makes you like um, the master of that thing. But mm -hmm. if you really condense it, like you could break down the skill really easy, you know, and condense it really fast. You know, obviously, even if you read it, you probably will not know the importance of certain lessons and you will not implement them. If it's the first time you're trying to be a videographer and here's now a PDF of like 10 pages of everything that is important and you maybe remember half of it you know but you would mm -hmm. would be a pretty decent videographer if you would take a course you know and that is like the thing where i'm like if you condense everything and break it down any project can be broken down into like easy steps and some mm -hmm. things are not important for it you know so I, if you do that study this is like the, the perfect way break a big project down and see mm -hmm. what is actually needed for that and maybe i can just do it you know versus being scared of and not actually breaking it down and realizing oh this mm -hmm. is probably what they used or this is what i could have used yeah. And, and one thing I've tried to do better, I mean, all that's great is because you kind of touched on it is is the teaching part is is really important, too, I found. Like, you may know a lot, but the better you get at teaching your clients what's happening, the better you actually start to know it even more, as weird as it is to say. Yeah. So so I've, I've tried to get better at that. And this podcast has, has been great for that because it's gotten me better at the speaking of stuff. How do I really break these things down, you know? Yeah. Um, and just certain ways of saying stuff. I feel like that's when I capture clients is right. When I when I say a Seanism, something that's like we've probably heard like 10 <laughs> times on this podcast. When I say one of those types of things, you know, they're like, wow. Because then they know that I'm not, I don't have that shallow knowledge. That's when you move into this next level of knowledge, right? Because the shallow level of knowledge is like what you said, where it's like, here's bullet points. Yes, I can open up a document in Photoshop. Yes, I can do a color balance in Photoshop. Yes, I know levels in Photoshop. It's like, it's like, no, it's like really where it's like, 
like when you can say like, you know, I can use this this program to these things, but here's the bigger picture. Like, you know, let's let's like, you know, I love when I went to art school. The one reason I went to the art school that I did was one thing that the design lead said back then. Um, and he said, we're not going to teach you how to use the programs or the tools. You actually need to do that on your own time outside of school. What we're going to yeah. teach you is how to be a master designer. And that has nothing to do with the tools. And, and that's, that's powerful. What, and that's what really got me into there. And it, it truly was that. We had classes that were like, you know, illustrator vector-based classes. And she wouldn't teach us one thing except for the advanced stuff. She'd teach us advanced stuff about the software, but never anything basic. She's like, you need to learn this on your own time. What we're going to talk about is how to create depth of field with vectors. Or we're going to talk about how to like, you know. So it's like this bigger level stuff. And I think, you know, so if you're out there and you're learning a new skill, you know, learn the basics, definitely do the tutorials. But what I would say is once you have a good grasp of the basics, see if you can then get to that that bigger level of knowledge. Start start to connect. Why would you do these things? Why do you need to yeah. use levels and curves on a photo? Why do you need to bump the contrast? Why do you need to do things like this? Yeah, I mean, there's like a saying, you know, it's a thousand hours to master something, you know, and I kind of agree with that. If you want to do something, you want to master it, a thousand hours, you get really, really good with a real thousand hours. Because if you think about it, even if we learn something or work on something, the time spent is actually not even close to something, you know, it's like, oh, how long do I actually figure out and learn coding? You know, it's like I learned maybe... 15 minutes, like one problem, you know, and that's like that. Mm -hmm. But if you break it down and it's like, okay, this is like the key elements of this problem, you become really, really good with just 20 hours. You know, if you really spend 20 hours learning like the key parts of a problem or a project, mm -hmm. you can become really sufficient. And 20 hours is not a lot, you know. Yeah, yeah. And what, what, what I would say to people too is be very, I told this to one of my friends the other day, where where you have to be very sensitive to the things that you like in a process. And, and what I mean by that is, let's say you went into a whole thing of like, I want to learn Photoshop, right? But while you did that, you just discovered that the 3D part of Photoshop and that got you really excited now. And so what, what yeah. was like a, a painful process, you're now excited. Pay attention to that because then maybe you shouldn't put 10,000 hours towards Photoshop or, or what that thing is. Maybe you need to divert and put those hours towards that new thing. Because So that's what I kind of tell people. And and we've kind of heard a few times on the show is follow follow your energy, follow what gets you passion. But you yeah. have to be very sensitive to that. I, I know a lot of creatives, including myself, that we find ourselves in these places where we're doing a job we don't like. And that's because... You didn't divert that attention. You didn't follow the thing that gave you happiness and then put the hours towards that. Um, uh, that. That is a good point because like we all do the work, you know, and then we, we don't even focus on the good parts about the work, you know. If you actually look yeah. for the positivity, you will find it. Yeah, yeah, 100%. So, yeah, so we talked a little bit about me. I mean, wh where are you at, man? What's what's new in your world? <sighs> yeah, on the one side, like, I was, like, uh, finishing up with a bigger client where I'm like, oh, I really like working with him. But on the other side, it's also, like... Um, he did not have the time to actually dedicate the time for like the weekly live streams and whatever. And mm. I'm like, I understand that lost his house and all that stuff, you know, and is being wow. really busy with traveling. And I get yeah. that the return of in long term investment, you know, it's like kind of what we are doing the weekly grinding, you know, that is a dedicated time to grow a show, you know, and make mm -hmm. an impact, you know, and that is like a thing that is very expensive, you know, like, Talking about money is one thing, but the time part, that is a really big thing. And in the beginning, it nothing is really like returning on investment instantly. But the longer you, you have that, uh, that momentum going, you can build a whole strudel or whirlpool with just momentum. Where in the beginning, you make a strudel in a pool, nothing is happening, even though you're spinning fast. But if you spin fast for a long time, a lot of water is moving in the end, you know? And that's how I see like continuous shows for example but that is a, like a dedication to a process that you need to have and if you cannot invest the time i completely understand it and then it would be a waste of time but if you have the willpower and the budget i mean you know so i kind of was in that space and now i'm like back to the freelance client work and i'm like okay we're back business back to normal and i'm like no problem <laughs> got the weddings lined up so I'm interested and you don't have to say this, but um, yeah. but which one do you prefer? I guess what world do you like the most? You know, like they, they say in the freelance world, if you have a recurring revenue, that is always key. You know, it gives you peace mm -hmm. of mind. You can oh, optimize yeah. the workflow. It's like, oh, yeah, this week you're going to do 
five stories of that and i do wednesdays my live stream and that's it you know it's like my bread and butter you know and mm -hmm. let's see how i can shave some work uh, uh work time off of the edit because like i can optimize this i can optimize that if you do right. the freelance thing it's a little bit hard to optimize because mm -hmm. each project is maybe this is a wedding this is a quinceanera this is like um a real estate gig you know you're all over the place nothing is really mm -hmm. optimized it pays the bills you're still struggling and it's mm -hmm. it's fun because it's not niche down at least for me you know and i should be niche down but I'm like, that's what I like. I like the shooting aspect where it's like, oh, yeah, this week I do this. Then out of nowhere, I'm doing that. And now I'm like, you know, let's go there and doing this, you know. Mm -hmm. I, I like being flexible and having fun with the camera, you know. Awesome. You know, and I, I actually want to disagree with you. We never disagree on this show. But um, <laughs> I do I do, I do, do want to disagree with you a little bit. You have niched. I think that's, that's what I've started to realize is your niche can be something bigger, right? Yet again, mm. your niche isn't videography or a podcast. You're, let's say Fitze's niche is getting someone's story in front of as many people as possible for a positive thing. And that's the niche. And all the other mm. stuff is just your toolkit, you know. That's kind of where I'm at now where I'm like, you know, because people be like, well, you did print design and web design and you're in the UX and UI world well it sounds like you don't really you're not a master of any things where yeah. i'm like well no like so what i said the other day is is my niche my focus is is creating a brand and then and then facilitating how is that brand communicated through each of the touch points regardless of the media so that's that's why i said so regardless of print regardless of email marketing website how do you tell a brand story in a compelling way and yeah. there we go. That's the niche. You know, all the like, so my niche isn't WordPress development. My, my niche isn't, you know, and not to say that it can't be for people out there because some people, that's great. Like if your niche is like, I create this thing and I freaking do it well, that's amazing because you probably do it better than like I probably could if, if you yeah. truly niche on that thing. But for me, you know, I've, I've, I've had to do a lot of digging. I think a lot of people go to art school or a lot of people start their careers and they think they have this certain feeling and they forget to, to go back to that feeling, right? Five years pass, it's 10 years pass. And you're like, why did I start doing this? Why did I start <laughs> going down this road? And so I've been trying to reconnect with that. Like, you know, when I was just a painter and I went to art school because I thought design was the way for creatives to make money, yeah. um, maybe the only way for a creative to make money. Um, you know, what were the things in my head? What were the things I wanted to do? What did I think design was before I knew design? Because there is something powerful there. And we could talk more in another episode about this of of breaking the rules before you know the rules and how that can actually yeah. be good. That can actually create some cool stuff. Yeah, I mean, like once in a lifetime or not once in a lifetime, but in the beginning, when you start like drawing, for example, you maybe have one piece that would be still be considered good, even though you were a beginner, you know, but um, vastly like 200 pictures that you drew, they're not good, you know, but that one piece mm -hmm. would stand the time of test, you know, it would be still be a really good one. But you don't know in the beginning what is really truly good and what is just like perceptionally good. And that's like mm -hmm. one of the things like you broke maybe all the rules, but it worked out, you know, just by accident. Mm -hmm. And only if you spend the time and you master something, you kind of, you know, you kind of have to master something to abandon the rules again, you know. But even then, like even masters sometimes produce like bad art, even though they're really good, you know. And it's like, you know. Yeah, yeah. I think Picasso has a great saying. Um, I'm going to butcher it, but it was, so it was something to the thing is like it took me a few years to paint like to paint like the masters, but that took me the rest of my life to to master painting like a child or something again. So yeah. it's something just butchered it. But like, <laughs> but it's but, you know, it's it's like that, though, you know, and and. And so, yeah, so I, I would argue, I think you have a niche. I think, I think you do. I think you're, you're, you like storytelling and you like being this kind of solution for people. I, and I, I like that too, right? I think it's that moment where someone's like, Fitz, I don't know how to get my message out there in a video way. Yeah. I don't even know how social media works and, and how do those come together? And, and you come in, you're like easy and you, and you really like, and I think your role that, that even in this podcast you love doing, um, and why this podcast even exists really. And your other podcasts is you like demystifying, you like taking the veil yeah. down and being like, no, 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 this isn't as crazy as you think. Here's, here's a shortcut or here's the backdoor way to get into what, what you want to yeah. do. And. I think that's kind of powerful. That's cool. Yeah. I mean, like, in a way, the part that I like the most is, like, enabling other people to tell their story, you know, and, like, hey, you got this. This is, like, a way you can do it. And there's work behind it. That is the only thing that I don't like, you know. I'm, like, I'm very lazy and trying to be efficient. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. <laughs> but but it's, like, you know, like, yeah, let's demystify it. And, like, there is an easy way of doing it, but it's work, you know. Mm -hmm. And as long as you keep on doing, like, let's say, the podcast, now you have access to easy clips, you know. Mm -hmm. If you post 
post them regularly, you can get a lot of reach really easily that you would not get with like, let's say, a dedicated like out of nowhere, you know, the easy talking. There's like shortcuts to everything, mm -hmm. but like there's easy tools to use them, but it's like, it's still work, you know? And I'm bad mm -hmm. on the work part, but I like doing the like, hey, enabling, and I can help you setting it up. And if they pay me, I'm like, it's easy. If they don't pay me, I'm just like, ah, oh, it is work and we got to figure this one out. Let's be efficient. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And that'll come, right? That'll come when you start to build the team, right? I mean, that's where I'm yeah. kind of at, where I'm trying to have these people, right? So like, if I need video or photos taken, I could, yeah, I could rent all this gear and I could learn stuff, but no, I want a guy like Fitzay to just do it for me. And I think it's the same for you, right? I think yeah. once you get to that place where you get that cool team around you, then you probably could. I think you kind of already do that. You get second shooters, things like that. So I think, you know, there, there's definitely potential there for for that. Yeah, for you to just do, to do your full niche. I mean, just like me, I kind of want the same thing, right? Sometimes I feel like I'm too much deep into the working and typing and, yeah. and doing all of the... Because, and, and yeah, I'm kind of lazy too, but also I, I've also just lazy recognized... being good, actually. I think like, you know, if you're truly lazy and you still get the work done, that's the most efficient thing in my eyes, you know? It's well, like, yeah. why waste the time and spend 40 hours on something that you could do with five hours? But yeah, just, well, yeah, we yeah. said it time and time again, us creatives, we, we, a lot of us love to work under pressure. We do our best work when it's right up to the deadline, um, yeah, you, you know, know for me. better or worse. <laughs> yeah. But, oh, and I know myself. I mean, if I was to talk to anyone from my old art school days, they would agree. Like, yeah, I remember Sean running to critiques, like flat out sprinting down the hallway with this piece of art, like one minute. And cause I remember back in the, cause if everyone went to like an intense art school, like I did, you know, when the critique, when it got to like, you know, if critique was at eight in the morning. The door closed and the lock was on at eight. And so if you are, you're like, no, no, no. And there's, you would almost every critique. There'd be that one student. You'd hear the door jiggle and they're, like their terrified face. And the, and even the, I loved one of my teachers. She would just go over and just like close the blind on their face and be like, all right. So they got an F for the day. Let's continue with the <laughs> critique. And it was like, dang, you know, yeah. <laughs> so, but, but, you know, I, I could do amazing things in like five minutes that I never knew I could do in five minutes, print something, spray adhesive, it, get it on a mount, mount yeah. cut it perfectly get a frame on it <laughs> I, I think that type of stress is like um, you know sparking creativity and you kind of need it you know sometimes you need it and you kind of if you don't have stress or like you know time restraints you probably just do it the easy way and then it's not the right mm -hmm. you know you learn new things with new requirements yeah yeah 100 percent. you know and yeah, the shortcuts, things like that, that, that come, you know, that, that comes and you're like right up against it, you know? So I used to be very adverse to like stock images and templates and stuff. And I don't really use a lot of templates still to this day, but, but if something comes up and there it's right against the deadline and we, we only have an hour to do something and it has to be there in an hour, then, then uh, there's times that I've had to be like, okay, cool. We're a designer. <laughs> <Sorry>, Picasso. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We're a designer. We're not an artist. We're a designer. So we just, just, just take, just take this thing, put it there, change it, do that. Now for everyone out there, I know that sounds really unsexy. I don't do that a lot, but, but I think any of us as creatives, any of us in the professional world, we've all had to do that where we had to be like, let's just get a good solution quickly. Let's just get to that. Yeah. But, yeah, to go kind of full circle and everything, it sounds like we're in a good spot, both of us, man. I, I am happy for this podcast. It's given me a platform. Um, I've been talking to a lot of people about that, the importance of a yeah. platform, a place to talk, a place for people to be. You know, I think um, it'd be cool to see things like what we do kind of blow up in other things. You know, there's a huge vacuum right now for meetups, for example. So it'd be so cool to like create something like that. Yeah, I still think like meetups are highly undervalued, especially with like everybody mm -hmm. has like a Instagram, everybody has a podcast, everybody has X, Y, and Z, you know. But mm -hmm. the in-person connection is like the thing that stands out. It's really easy to connect with new people mm -hmm. in person, and that is an absolute game changer because right. there's so much noise on the internet, you know. Everybody's uploading 10, 15 videos, you know, and if you now do one or two videos, you're not really competing with the noise. But if you do an in-person connection, complete game changer, you know. Oh, a hundred percent. You know, and I and I don't have the answers for this. This is me spitballing on air. So, you know, anyone take this idea. This is free to take. But I think we need to get better at creating fun collaborative stuff, right? As a musician, you can you can jam with people. You can get five musicians that have never played together to just play together for an hour or two, and then it's over. I would love to find a way to do that with creatives. How how could we get like? a brand designer, videographer, a web designer, everyone in like one room to just do a fun project or to help a nonprofit, you know? So I think that there's a lot there too. 
Yeah, I mean, I mean, like we had that actually with Phil. Phil is now a buddy of us, you know. Mm-hmm. Phil was like, "Oh, let's reach out to this web designer. He's like from Austria." And now we mm-hmm. had multiple podcasts with him, and he's doing his like SEO breakdown course or whatever. And he has mm-hmm. now his own podcast. But it's like we connected with different people, and you never know mm-hmm. what those connections leading to. You know, I had a podcast, and now I was like shooting with Miss Cuba. And I'm like, you know, it's yeah. Like, well, yeah, and people that are under you in terms of skill, right? Like, I, I have one of my friends where he's been learning development, and he's now sending me gigs already because he's done LinkedIn and Twitter like a pro, like daily posting, daily engagement, created this brand for himself in like record time. Yeah. And now he's recommending gigs to me. So yeah. it's like, if I would have been mean at any part of the process and been like, no, nah, I'm not helping you. No, nah, you're not worth my time. Then, yeah. you, you know, that's the thing is you don't know who's going to give you work. You don't know who's going to help you. And if you yeah. create this huge community, you you just tend to be fed, you know, yeah. so... I mean, I feel like, you know, a human has always like um, a certain amount of social connections that they can actively maintain. You know, it's like this person maybe has a thousand or 500 or 100 people that are indirect, mm-hmm. but there's nobody who's like, okay, I, can't, I have to... I have now 10,000 or 100,000, even though they're followers, you cannot right. really interact with everybody in meaningful to a certain level. I think that number is way lower. I think like a, a person you yeah. only has 100 real connections max that they can maintain on a full capacity that is like still usable and like they they hang mm-hmm. out with them and they do like the real connection on a deeper level. It's right. only a set amount of time, you know? And it's like, you got to respect everybody's 100 people in a way, you know? It's like, oh, I mm-hmm. meet, meet this person and if I'm rude to them, I miss out on like that capability, you know? So it's like, mm-hmm. you got to be a nice person. And and platforms like this are so important because we're having a conversation with, you know, most of our episodes get about 60 to 70 plays, 100 plays each episode. So, you know, you've explained it to me really well. Imagine if there's 100 people in this room and they're all listening to you, you know? So, yeah. So I think that I love things like this. And I would tell people, like, even if it's not a podcast, even if it's not that, try to find a way to have, how do you have a connection with the with the bigger people? You know, it doesn't have to be messages and cold messages. It could just be like a way of like you saying what you think. And and then people are having that conversation. I've had so many people yeah. outside the podcast that be like, yeah, man, what you said the other day. And I'm like, what do you mean the other day? They're like, oh, yeah, <laughs> right. That was on the podcast. So it's like funny. Yeah. Like people think that they're like hanging out with us. And that's I think that's one of the coolest you, things. You, the other thing is like also like if you think about a conversation, you know every conversation is worth having even if it's just two people you know and a podcast like this we already have a conversation i learned from you you learn from me you know we're we're kind of like yin and yang we have like different philosophies and i think that makes us great you know where i'm like more rough and you're just like quality and we're just like posting and whatever Mm-hmm. this conversation alone is like valuable for us but if we are having like a conversation with two three four people you know we're inviting guests it is like a surplus on you know spent time and return in my eyes you know because there's many things that we don't know or would not think about mm-hmm. otherwise without communicating oh yeah 100 percent. you know and so yeah i love the guests we've had on we've had a good wide array of people and we'll we'll keep having other people on and yeah, I'm excited, man. I think it's gonna be great. So for yeah, for any of you guys out there, you know, make sure to like, subscribe. We're on Spotify, we're on YouTube, we're on Apple Podcasts, and feel free to ev- always send us an email. We've definitely got some emails. We got some messages. I we put out a thing on one of these past podcasts that I've just started to look through, where we've actually got recommendations on AI artists now. So that's Ooh. pretty cool. So I think you know maybe that's somewhere in the future where we kind of look up uh, like who's the rock star AI artists nowadays. Yeah. Um, um, we can also like a comment. You know, AI cannot be art competition or whatever on YouTube. I'm like. Uh, yeah well this is a different time different era well yeah yeah it's a it's a controversial thing right obviously we live in this time where like you know we're going to be offended by stuff and but yeah so so i'd always say that too feel free to put out the comments if you do have if you want to fight against one of the things we're saying i I think that's fine i mean we're transparent guys we're open yeah yeah yeah. So yeah, with that being said, guys, thank you. We're gonna we're gonna be back with more episodes and then we'll be in person and it's gonna be awesome. Yeah. So have a good one, guys. See you on another one.